Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Mario, thank you so much for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Before we start diving into your newest book, The Culture Puzzle, can you tell us a little bit about you and, and what you do? Sure. I've been a management consultant for about three decades and also an executive educator. I'm affiliated with a number of business schools. I give talks and workshops and I write books. I, I was looking at your Amazon author page and I saw all the books that you've been able to write, which is fantastic. So, you know, tell me why did you decide to become an author and, and write books and have that as part of your business plan, I guess. I've enjoyed writing all of my life and I've always been committed to writing and I write in different forms. I write poetry, I write short stories, and I write business books. And what I love about writing is it helps me understand my experience and the experience that others have. And I'm curious about other people's lives and what's meaningful to them. And I try to capture that. I try to capture that meaning in my writing and in, in my writing of all kinds, whether I'm writing a story or a poem or a business book like The Culture Puzzle. So Culture Puzzle, tell me, you know, a little bit about what the book is, you know, what what are some, you know, takeaways that you want someone to get um, from this book? Yeah, there are a few takeaways. One is culture comes first. One of the points that we make in The Culture Puzzle is that often we think culture is something like an add-on. It's like what people wear. It's casual Fridays. It's lunches. It's ping pong tables and and so on and so forth. And those are all aspects of, of culture. One of the challenging uh, one of the challenging parts of culture is that it, it really is everything. And because it's everything, it's, it's hard to nail down. Um, so what we try to do in the culture puzzle is get at one, culture is where we become who we are. You know, culture makes us human as, as anthropologists teach us. So you can't stand outside of, uh, of culture. Culture comes first in the sense that it's going to influence how you think about your business, your strategy, your your customers. So that's one thing. And then we wanted to make it practical. We wanted to give readers a way to wrap their arms around culture, to manage it, shape it, and create a culture that supports what they want to do with in their businesses, their vision, their strategy. We wanted to help them create a culture that supports the operations that they need to be successful. So that that's uh, that's another point that culture needs to be aligned with your strategy if your strategy and your business are going to be successful. And then the last point uh, I'll make, and this is really key, is we've identified four drivers of culture. And there's a whole lot of research behind this that we've done and other social scientists have done going back three, four decades and more. And those drivers are uh, or are what we call vision, interest, habit, and innovation. I'll just talk briefly about each of those. Vision is, is about where you're going. And it's natural for people to ask when they join a company or a group or a team, okay, what are, where are we going? What are we trying to do to get together? What do we stand for? That's vision. And a key point about vision is it's not effective unless others share it. So often leadership teams will define a vision and will say, okay, great. 
good. It's done. Let's put it on the flip chart uh, and let's put it on our website. But it, a vision doesn't really move. It's not motivating unless it's inside others, unless they can hear it, recognize themselves in it, and unless it's motivating. So vision is a driver of culture. And then we all have interests and and we have all kinds of interests, but, but two or three of the most important ones are one, being part of a group, a sense of belonging, two, being acknowledged for good work, and then three, being able to do your work and do it in a way that's satisfying. Work is inherently satisfying. We're wired to want to work. And when things get in the way of uh, our work, we're not so happy. So we have those basic interests. A, a healthy culture supports those, those interests. And then there's habits and we're creatures of habit uh, that's that has a big upside and potentially a downside. The big upside is we get comfortable doing things a certain way. We don't think about them much anymore. And that frees us up to devote our energy elsewhere, you know, to respond to new opportunities or, or, threats, th or threats. And then habits come into play naturally in a business through conversations that we have, meetings. That's one of the most important ways in which habits are reinforced. We come together, we, we trade information, we make decisions, we work through conflicts. Those are all things that tend to happen in, in meetings. And so meetings can be an important place where rituals are formed that reinforce habits, hopefully positive habits, but sometimes negative habits. And then finally, there's, there's innovation. Innovation is about thinking differently. And really healthy cultures create a, an, an environment where people feel safe sharing new ideas of, about what can be done. So those are the four drivers, vision, interest, habits, and innovation. And then in the book, we share a lot of stories about how to make those forces move and how to make them move in a way that creates a positive culture for everyone across the company. So, you know, we've gone through some really a lot of changes in the past year and a half um, as a society, and a lot of those have trickled into companies and a lot of shifts and a lot of pivots that they like to talk about. When external factors come into play, when and how can a company shift or be able to maybe evolve their culture to ensure that it stays in line with what they're looking for? as a company, but they're also paying attention to these external factors that are that are hitting their employees, their customers in a way that they've never experienced before. Yeah, all really good questions. So I would pick up on something that you just said, they need to pay attention. So they need to pay attention to what's happening in the environment. They need to pay attention to how people are reacting. So you know, COVID hit a little over a year ago. And for a lot of us, everything changed all at once. You know, we were on the road, we were working face-to-face, -face, and then we were working from home on Zoom, you know, the way we're communicating right now. So sometimes you're forced to pay attention to the environment, but often we get lulled in into a, almost a kind of half sleep. We're offering, we're operating on automatic pilot. So again, the key point is, pay attention to what's happening externally, and then pay attention to how the external environment is affecting people. So we all started working remotely. Some people thrived, some people love it. Some people didn't like it, don't like it. They feel isolated. So you should pay attention to that, you know, back to our basic framework, you know, how is it affecting people's interests? Do they feel connected to their workers, you know, their fellow workers or not? You know, are they, are they energized because they could really focus on their work for working 
working virtually or do they feel do they feel lonely? So pay attention and then periodically check in. I mean, a, a really simple question that that uh, is powerful and we don't ask uh, enough is, okay, how are you doing? Like Jody, what's going on with you right now? Tell me what it's like to uh, to work in your space, whatever the, the space might be. So check-ins like that can be enormously helpful. It sounds so simple to do it, but we don't most often because we get busy and we're pulled in different directions. We're distracted. And then the point about external factors, I think, you know, the environment is an important one because culture doesn't exist in a vacuum. I think, you know, the, the, the pandemic was a reminder that culture is dynamic. It's always changing. It's reacting to what's happening inside of a company. It's reacting to what's happened outside. And so the shock that we all experienced during the uh, pandemic in a lot of ways, despite all the tragedy and suffering that have come along with it, was a useful reminder uh, to, to make sure that you're checking in with what's happening in the environment and how it's shaping your culture all the time. That's one of the ways that innovation happens. Things happen in the environment or people go elsewhere, they go to work for another company and they come back or they visit another company, they're partnering with another company. So ideas, experiences, memes are always moving inside and outside of an, an organization and they're, they're having an effect on the culture. And then to tie it all together, I think it's really useful right now to be having conversations with your people about should you go back to work? Um, what does it feel like to go back to work? What's useful about working remotely? What's useful about being face to face? And explore, gather as much information as you can internally and gather as much information as you can by talking to others outside of your company, by reading. Again, sounds simple, but we don't do enough of that. And I think one of the things that that process of gathering information can do is it could lead you helpfully to question your assumptions. You know, as we were saying earlier, we're creatures of habit, so we tend to operate on automatic pilot and we do things a certain way because that's the way we've always done things. You know, it doesn't mean we're doing things the right way. So I happen to think that it probably, we do best working in some kind of hybrid environment. I think there's a lot of evidence that that's the case. A lot of people say they like working in a hybrid format, you know, spending a little bit of time or a few days in the office, but then some other, a few other days uh, working from home. There's evidence that's emerging that innovation is not negatively affected by work from home policies. So I happen to think that that the workplace should be hybrid. I think that the winners in the new economy will be those that embrace a hybrid working environment. But this conversation is evolving. And, and I think the most important thing we can do right now is learn together. Absolutely. A few things that hit me was the vacuum, because I, I do think companies do feel like their space is their vacuum, like every their cultures within that. And it's hard for them to break out and realize their culture can be in someone's house or at a co-working. And then the focus of people first and communication. You know, people can be your employees, it could be your customers, it could be your clients or vendors, but being able to ensure that you're asking those questions communicating, you know, what you think, because none of us have gone through this before. This is brand new for all of us, for a leader to an employee to a customer. So being able to communicate, you know, the failures or the successes or what you're learning during this is really probably going to help keep that culture moving forward. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. For for us, culture is a process of learning and adaptation. And, and that's another sense in which it comes first. So sure, it has to do with values. It has to do with how you gather in a meeting. It has to do with what you eat, when you eat, who you eat with, you know, so on and so forth. Those are all aspects of culture. But fundamentally, it's about learning and adaptation. And you're exactly right. It, culture doesn't exist in a in a vacuum. It doesn't even make sense to think of it, I, uh, from my perspective, existing in a vacuum because it's about how you and others and your company are responding to the environment. So what do customers want? Uh, how are they changing? What are your competitors doing? How are regulations evolving? That's all part of the environment in a modern corporate environment. Those are the things we need to pay attention to in our, uh, our environment. 100, 2,000 years ago, we were thinking about a saber-toothed tiger and, and where we're going to pick the next bunch of berries. But the point is, we needed to figure, We, you know, whether it was back then or now, we need to figure out how to adapt and thrive in our current environment. In that sense, culture doesn't exist in, in a vacuum because it's about the process of learning how to develop behaviors that lead to success in a particular environment. So when you guys were writing this book, who was your ideal you know, audience that you were trying to speak to with the book? Well, it's really pretty broad. It's anybody who works with people in a business. <laughs> so it could be a small business, could be a boutique advertising firm. It could be a, a global 50 firm. One of the one of the fascinating aspects of culture for us is that it, it, you know, as I've said, it's it it comes first. It never goes away. It's always adapting. So anybody who works with others on a on a team, in a unit, in a startup, in an existing company needs to pay attention to culture. And you know, and we think of the culture puzzle as a as a playbook for those people. So we've written it in such a way that it's full of stories. It, uh, we, we think it's fun to read. Hopefully our, our readers ag agree with that, but it's also very practical. So you could sit down and map out a process for working your, with your team that would strengthen its culture we, or your unit or your, or your company. So for all of those reasons, we were interested in the topic and our feeling is anybody who works with others will be interested in the topic and needs to pay attention to it. Yeah, I think culture goes from a team level up to a company level. There's, it's everywhere and, it, and there's even a culture for your family. So being able to take these tools, take your playbook is going to you know, really help an organization, but also a person. So you're an avid writer. We talked about that at the beginning. So I would love to know what is some advice that you would give to a author who's going to write their first business book? Sit down and start thinking about what you want to say, but then broaden out from there and talk to a lot of people uh, about your, your ideas. I think one barrier to writing is the idea that you sit down and you have this idea and uh, you start with line one and then line two, and then you've got a chapter. Writing is not a linear process. It, I think if you talk to most writers, what you'll hear is it's you need to be organized and you need to be disciplined, but being disciplined means you need to stick with it day in, day out. So thinking, reading, talking to others, getting input about your ideas, writing drafts, sharing those drafts. I would say think hard, be disciplined, get lots of input, 
and uh, and stick with it. There was a a, a novelist uh, who a few years ago, John Gregory Dunn, said, "You know, what's the difference between a writer and someone who be wants to be a writer? A writer writes. So I would say, start writing. You know, tomorrow, sit down, start writing, make some notes. They don't have to be perfect. Don't edit them. Just write. Editing comes later." A hundred percent agree with you. Once I took the time to put it in my day and consistently write by the end, I was able to write so much more in those two hours because my body was, you know, adapting and felt comfortable with the writing process. So having that consistency is 100% key. Where can our audience purchase your book and how would you like them to connect with you? If They can find the book wherever books are sold. Find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookstores, um, it's literally everywhere. So it's very easy to find. And then as far as connecting with me goes, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's easy to look me up on LinkedIn, Twitter, and my website, which is Musa Consulting. Fantastic. I will make sure we add all those into the podcast notes. So they are able to purchase your book, but also be able to connect with you. Mario, it's been wonderful talking to you. Your book sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. You're, you're welcome. I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.